and welcome to We Grew Up on BHS. Hey, hey. I'm your host. Yeah, I'm your host, Katie. Um, film extraordinaire junkie. You know, that's my jam. And this is my co-host, Josh. Hey, this is Josh. I'm also somewhat of a film buff. Uh, bit, of, bit of an actor as well on the side, just for fun. I always so, say... My very co- qualified. Yes, I always say my co-host, British actor and film junkie, yes. but yes. I'm an actor, a thespian, <laughs> if you will. No, not really. Just for fun. Yeah, I don't know. I think you should still get your SAG card. Apply for it. We're working towards it. I'm going to... Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah. Got to make the dream happen. I'm in America. I can, get, I can head down to Hollywood at any point and just be seen on the street by some scouter. They'd be like, you know what? I like the cut of your jib. That's get, right. Get in this movie right now. That's what it's we say happen. in America. I like the cut of your jib. Definitely. Classic <laughs> Americanism right there. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, if Christy Teigen can get discovered in a in a surf shop, so can you. <laughs> I didn't even know that's how she got discovered. That's cool. Yes. I didn't know she was discovered. Cool. Yes. She was just Go working Christy. in a surf shop. I mean, it's all in California, though. So you have to move from Chicago right. here to Cali. And the weather's better. Me. Yes. Ooh, you're tempting. I you're know. Tempting I'll get you guys here one Ooh. day. One day. <sighs> so before we get started, uh, we're going to be talking about Inception today. What? Have you been watching? What are you into? What are you like watching right now, Josh? Yeah, well, you know what? Actually, I have a real guilty pleasure for um, reality TV shows. <gasps> wow. Um, I actually didn't. Yeah. I thought Gloria was into reality TV and you did not like it. No, no, you are wrong about that. <laughs> wow. We are both 100% <laughs> on the same page. I wasn't funny, expecting that. Th- yeah, the, well, the thing about it is, you know, I sort of consider myself an intellectual and like highbrow and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, there's nothing more fascinating than people and real emotions and real feelings. And so that it is so enthralling. Like, it really is. Even though some of these shows are so... Tra- I mean, like, we watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette with, like, a group of friends around here. And we, like, try to say to people we watch it ironically because it is trashy and it is ridiculous. <laughs> and we make fun of them every week. <laughs> And yet it's, you get sucked in and by the end of it, you're like, no, don't pick Brian. He's just like telling you what you want to hear. you got to pick Peter. He's the real guy. And you know, all this stuff. And you're like, oh man. But the show that I've been watching recently, um, oh, you know what? It's called like Single Wives or something like that. Okay. Uh, And I forget which streaming service it's on, but it's about these uh, Australian women who have been married at some point and, and are no longer in the relationship for some most of them are divorced, uh, but one of them, tragically, uh, her husband died uh, in an accident, a, a motorbike accident. Mm. And they are struggling to sort of make new relationships. And they have this, like, dating coach. And it's actually a British guy from Essex. Oh. Michael Hussey. Yeah. And he's, like, world-renowned. And he's, like, even done, like, consultations for, like, Tyra Banks and some other celebs and stuff. Okay. Um, but he comes in there to kind of, like, coach them over a series of episodes and weeks on how to find love and like, you know, kind of, okay, these are your bad habits, these are your good habits, you know. And it's and it's quite interesting. It's like, I, I thought it was going to be very, very trashy, but it's actually pretty good because he does get very deep into their personas and he, you know, watches videos of them like going on dates and stuff and kind of picks apart and says, okay, well, look, look what you're doing here. You're kind of shutting down here and you're not opening up and you're not being vulnerable. Um, and he's actually pretty good. So it was surprising. Um, surprisingly interesting surprisingly good so yeah 
um, single wives or something like that. I'll find not, the full name at some point. So and, not uh, single white right. female. Let's hope that's not the case. No. <laughs> I don't know if you no. know the reference. That's a 80s movie where a woman is stalking another woman because she wants to be her. It is called The Single Wives and it's on Netflix. Okay. Well, I, really uh, I don't know if I'll check that out. I am not into well, reality oh, TV. What? <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get you, but hey, you watch Terrace House though. Okay, okay, I love Terrace House, but Terrace yes. House is for the non-reality show loving person. It's like the ah. anti-reality show because yeah, okay. okay, explain. I could explain the also, show and why. Okay. So Terrace House, and I will, you know, Terrace House is amazing. Um, it's yep. a group of Japanese people living in Tokyo, and it's boys and girls, three boys, three girls, and they live mm. in a house together and watch the socially very polite people live together (laughs) because that's what it is it's so not american it's so not trashy tv it is you know these 19 to 30 something and mostly it's on the earlier age uh group of people living together and they're single for the most part and they're trying to just start their career um Uh, become better at what they are doing for their living going to school and in the meantime also maybe trying to date it is everyone's polite they have manners they are like miles ahead of any 25 year old kid that lives in america right now um it's a lot of them not all of them but yeah carry yeah on. <laughs> there are some that are just a little bit uh a little bit young but that's you yeah. know that's fine uh but yeah it's yep. just i really like that show just because it's so you know when they get in the house everyone kind of sits comes in and says hi i'm you know uh gosh what are some of their names that are even in the show oh, i don't know david knows them uh, like off the top of their head i Saito call them like or, yes um, i don't know I call them like taps and barista and like I know them by their nicknames because of like the kind of taps was a tap dancer barista worked in a coffee shop so um yeah they just come in they say their name they say their age they bow and then they just explain what their goals are in life and then they just sit and wait and then they wait for everyone to arrive and then they then they all very politely look at their house and the rooms it's just you're absolutely right it's it's a real like slice of life of Japanese culture and it's like real Japanese culture not just like you know stereotypes that you might see in movies so you know, they, like you said, they're very polite, but then in some ways they're very like forward in mm. ways that we aren't. Like sometimes a new housemate comes in and they're like, first question, so what kind of guy are you into or girl are you into, depending on the gender? And it's like, wow, really? They just sat down and that's the first que- I mean, I know the show is premised on like potentially going on dates and romance and stuff, but what that is blunt, you yes. know? So, it, you know, it just depends on the situation and the context, like how they differ. Um, but it's fascinating for that reason. Yeah. It's just they're always trying to find like the man of their dreams, but or the girl of their dreams. But I didn't, I yeah. don't know. They just kind of, you know, work together to find that and see like, what do you like? Is your, are they tall? Are they this? Are they yeah. that? Um, so, yeah, it, that's a fun one for me. It's, it's it is. A fun and one. it's also on Netflix. So check it that is. one out. Yes. But is there any been? Is there anything else you've been watching recently that you um, recommend? You know, not really. I will have to say um, it, uh-huh. I have not been watching a lot. I've been reading a lot more. Um, nice. But I will have to say if we're watching anything, it would be Space Force with Steve Carell. Ooh. It's okay. Uh, in the beginning, yeah, I really liked I've heard it. That. Yeah, in the beginning, I really liked it. And in the middle, okay. they've started to make really dumb decisions, kind of like okay. Will Ferrell comedy, like a monkey and a husky in 
the you know space thing. Oh, I watched a part mm. of that episode and it was so bad. It's that disappointing. Was what turned me off. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I referenced it last week in our episode where the Steve Carell has a daughter who's supposed to be sixteen years old, and she's played yes. by a twenty-six year old, which drives me insane <laughs> because she's acting like a sixteen-year-old, but she looks older. So you're just like, so grow obvious. up. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, they're just making really silly decisions. And it's just, it, I thought it could be a little bit more of a smart humor, but it's kind of turning into right. a little bit of a, a dumber humor show. But, you know, and I'm now watching Shit's Creek, which uh, everyone told me to watch forever. I thought I'd hate it. It took me until season, I think, four to get into it. And I'm really loving it. So thanks. Yes. Yes. We told you about that too. Yes. Oh, we love that one. With yeah, the it's so good. Yes. It's, I mean, her performance, and I, I don't know her actress's name, but, um, Oh, Moira? No, well, Moira is amazing. Yeah, I mean, all of their performances are amazing, but Moira, but I'm thinking of the sister as well. Oh, Alexis. Um, Alexis, that's it. And she's like, ooh, David, all the time. Ew, David. uh, (laughs) But it's so well written and acted, and it's, uh, it's a great, great show. You definitely should check out Shit's Creek. And I think that's on Netflix too. It's on one of the streaming services. Yes, that's on Netflix right now. And that's played by uh, Alexis's Annie Murphy. So she's great in that as well. But yeah, so that's kind of it. That's just, I mean, we're just watching those and yeah, in the background of our lives, keeping us entertained. You know, I'm I'm always up for some good TV. (laughs) But how about this Inception? I mean, it's like years and years old now. I want to say it's like maybe 2012 or something like that. It's probably like at least eight years old. Yeah. uh, I think it still holds up. I mean, personally, it's I I remember watching this in the um, movie theaters, and I was like blown away. I thought this was an incredible movie. What it? What about you? I love this movie. Um, it's a 2010 uh, Christopher Nolan film, and oh, I absolutely I, I think this is like the third or fourth time I've watched this movie. So I really yeah. enjoy this one a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This one, it's like a sci-fi action, which when I read that description, I just kind of thought of it as an action movie. I didn't even think yeah. of it as being sci-fi. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, funny enough, I don't know if you knew this, this movie was actually written by Christopher Nolan as well. So it's written and directed. Wow. And he started this movie, it was supposed to be a horror movie. What? Yeah! Which is probably why I like it so much, oh. me and my horror. <laughs> I guess you got some tones in there. Yeah, I can kind of see it. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he basically wanted, he wrote the script so Leonardo DiCaprio would play in it. So, Whoa. yeah, like he, the whole thing is almost written around Leonardo because Christopher Nolan wanted to work with him for so many years. And the wow. script kind of intrigued Leonardo. And he yep. ended up working, Leonardo and Christopher Nolan ended up working together for months developing the script. So, and I mean, the movie is pretty complex. Uh, even the the gist I'm going to go over of this movie is a little in depth, but you've probably seen it if you're listening to this. And if not, watch it. Spoilers ahead, just FYI. Um, but it's uh, it's just a group of people. They get a job. Uh, and it's, it's from a company run by Mr. Sato, who I love that actor. I actually need to look him up oh, with you. Yeah, yes. he's, just, he's very good. Um, he's trying to buy out another billion-dollar company, uh, but he needs uh, the son of that company, who's played by Killian Murphy, who I always have said Cillian. 
Um, I thought it was Cillian as well. Is it not? I should know that because I'm a Brit. I know. Yeah, you need to tell me because I don't know. I have said Cillian and then I thought it was Killian. So I don't know. You might be right. That sounds like it could be the Irish way to say it. Yeah. Cillian Murphy too. Oh, well, carry on. All right, yeah. Hey, Murph, uh, let us know. Um, you know, he's going to inherit this company, but the, when you try to change someone's mind about something, they have to come up with it. So, uh, this group of people, they actually go in people's dreams, uh, to create an idea or plant an idea into into their subconscious, which is the real inception. So they have to just plant this idea, like really deep down in this, you know, Cillian Murphy character. Um, and you know, they basically... Uh, it's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> uh, it's it's layers of dreams that they uh, plant in Cillian Murphy's head that they go through. And uh, it's all kind of from this whole group. They all play a part in creating this dream levels. Um, Ellen Page is in this movie and she's kind of the architect. She makes the dream dreamlike and creates all the way down to the fibers of carpet to the texture of a suit to the smell and taste of the coffee they brew in the morning um so uh ellen's kind of the architect and leonardo's kind of the guide through killian's whole process to guide him through these dream states to get him to go deeper and to plant the idea even deeper the problem with this whole movie and the whole setup of this is leonardo has a wife that has died she had committed suicide um in earlier you know earlier in his life and this is all in the recesses of leonardo dicaprio's mind his wife is kind of in the background just like lane she's in the recesses of his brain and uh she's risking the whole thing because her she's such a powerful memory for him um it actually is kind of could make leonardo go mad and ruin this whole dream all the layers of dream state that they're in so It's kind of crazy. I got chills just talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It almost like reminds me a bit of like something kind of like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. You know, Mm. like each one, each character has their role. You know, the architect, which is Ellen, the forger, which is Tom Hardy's character, the chemist. There's I don't even know the actor's name, but there's a guy who kind of brews up the the chemicals that puts them into the dream state. And, you know, that's where kind of the sci-fi element comes in is this weird device they have that has these chemicals in it that can put people under into these dreams. Um, And then they can kind of put them into multiple layered dreams where they kind of go into a dream and then in that dream they put them into another dream and in that dream they put them into another dream. Uh, (laughs) And that's where it really starts to get mind-bending because it's like, you know part of the enjoyment of this movie is how complex it is. You know, they kind of talk about mazes and puzzles throughout the movie and these dreams are like those mazes. And, you know, it's so intricate. And I think that's kind of what pulls you along through the movie. It's just like, there's a lot to take in. I feel like it was like almost like 50 minutes in and they were still like setting up like the rules of how the dream world works. And like, yes. if you die in the dream world, <laughs> usually you wake up and yeah. then like, you get into this big heist that they're doing to kind of like change Killian Murphy's mind. And they're like, no, the rules have changed. If you die in this dream, you go into limbo, which is like unstructured dream space. And you're like, whoa, wait, wait, yeah. you're changing the rules on me. What's going on? <laughs> have you like, have you ever thought about like when you were sleeping and you kind of had that jolt where it wakes you up, like you're falling yeah. and it, that's your body doing that to you. And it's almost like in that's these crazy. dream states, they're making 
they can make that happen with like these totems they have or they can actually like create a outside force to feel like that falling feeling to wake them up they have to do that a lot in this movie that um falling feeling and to do that and actually in this movie they don't use a lot of cgi um in this movie he really did not want to use a lot so to create that falling feeling for them to wake up in the movie they create these scenes where they're literally falling and those scenes they actually are like zero gravity is used a lot in this movie and they film it so when they're falling in those scenes and you see like they're kind of lifted up in zero gravity they're floating that's real like the filming of this movie is nuts i when i was researching this it was really surprising and what they did it's crazy and nolan is sort of now famous for that because he likes to try and like not use too much cgi i mean some of his films he's had to like interstellar like it's it's hard not to use a lot of cgi in that movie because it's like a lot set in space and different planets right but um you know in this movie it was very much you know he came up with these crazy elaborate sets like you said to create some of the visual effects you see and they're so compelling you know it's like everyone and especially, you know, back in 2010, you can sort of tell when something's CGI. Even today, I can tell when certain scenes are CGI. So he tried to tries to use that as little as possible. And it, it's amazing, the effect. Because you're looking at it and you're like, this is real. Like, they are in a van that's, like, full of smashed glass that's flying in their face and water everywhere and they're falling. And you're like, this is happening. Like, this is, yeah. a, this is like a stunt. Like, they're, they're actually filming them falling. Yeah, that's the crazy part for me just because it's like, holy crap. I mean, some of the stunts they're doing, Jordan Level, uh, Jordan, no, what's his name? Gordon Levin? Gordon. Gordon <laughs> what Joseph is his Levin. Name? Gordon Joseph Levin? Wait, no. Jo- <laughs> Joseph? Joseph Gordon Levitt. There we go. I got the names. I just got them in the wrong order. <laughs> Our dyslexia with his name. Um, (laughs) He uh, does his own stunts. And there's a scene in this movie where they're, uh, again, we're going to just be referencing these dreamlike states a lot. It's so, you cannot keep this movie on track with like going through it point by point. But there's a scene in the movie where he's fighting someone in a dream state. And the whole um, hallway is actually rotating. So in this scene, he is fighting someone. uh, While the room around him, you know, moves. It's 360 degrees. That's actually happening. So they didn't, you know, CGI yeah. it, and it, they built this whole room for that t- to make it happen. And he, like, that I guess he... That was such an incredible yeah. scene. Yes, and that's probably one of the cooler fight scenes I've seen because you, it was done so well. Like, it's not like yeah. you saw the wires, and, you know, you don't see the wires, but it, you couldn't tell that people mm-hmm. were using wires just because they actually made it to where you could step down on things. And the way he's just right. so calm and casual about it, sometimes he just kind of walks as well it's not all just jumping he's just walking down like as it's moving it's just impressive yeah. how well like that was done yeah because it, in fact you know you talk about it rotating and it was a rotating set but the way that they did it was that the set and the camera rotate at the exact same speed so what it actually looks like is that it isn't necessarily like rotating but that the people inside of that hallway are experiencing gravity just completely throwing them from wall to ceiling to wall back to the floor again and they're like punching each other and trying to kill each other at the same time. And they have all like, you know, obviously props and stuff like spilling around inside there too. You're seeing like papers fly everywhere and things. And like, oh my God, this is actually happening. Like this is not CGI. Like there is no way that this is CGI. It's like actually them falling through a rotating room and it looks like zero gravity. And you're like, whoa, it's such an amazing effect. And I think that's really what captivated a lot of people with some of these crazy stunts they did. Like, 
it's one of the better action films I think I've ever seen for those reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's it's well done. It's a smart action movie, which is, you know, it's right. hard to find. It's not all just brute force and, you know, all yeah. that and action and explosions. It's really just well done and minimally done. And, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it just, the ability for him to film this, and he actually didn't use IMAX film when he was doing it. It was just, you know, reg- huh. on regular film because he just didn't want to make it this, like, big, grandiose, huge scenes. He wanted to make it real, like, you are with that person you are one-on-one right. level with them. And uh, it's it shows it comes through with the whole movie, I think. Yeah, it's super impressive. And I mean, even just the, the cast as well. Like, you know, it's such a star-studded cast. You've got Leo in there, um, Joseph, as we said, Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, even Michael Caine is in there. I forget the lady who plays his, um, you know, deceased wife, but her character name is Maul. But she's been in a few things. She's been in a, another um, Christopher Nolan, one of the... Um, Batman movies she was in um, but she's been in some other amazing things and I'm just like wow like this is a real like star-studded cast and I think you remember you saying oh you, you were talking about just a moment ago that it was like kind of built around Leo to begin with yeah I mean it it was built around him for this movie because he wanted to work with him so bad um and then Ellen Page she didn't even audition for the movie some people were kind of thinking they were thinking um Rachel Evan Wood was going to play it or Taylor Swift was an option which again I always go over like yeah if that person was in the movie would it be as good I can't imagine me taking this movie as seriously with Taylor Swift but that's just me completely uh yeah I just and then um Tom Hardy (laughs) I mean it's Tom Hardy (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> he is a bit of a heartthrob as oh, uh, boy. one of my countrymen and it's funny as well because you know I spent some time um in London when I was living there and I always wanted to act so there was about a year period where I sort of tried it out for a little bit and didn't really happen for me so I was like that's oh, fine it's more of a hobby um but I was working in theaters just you know usher but like lots of the people working with me were actors and so um and it were ushers as well just kind of trying to make it and so people had stories about him you know they'd heard from friends of friends of friends or acquaintances or people they'd worked with on you know theater shows who had worked with him and he was like a real like kind of tear away bad boy to begin with like he you know got in trouble with the police when he was young like got arrested a couple of times had problems with like alcohol and cocaine um but, you know, one of the guys I worked with was saying, um, you know, one of his co-stars had, had worked closely with Tom and they'd go out for drinks and stuff. And he was just like a little unhinged. He'd be like, oh, yeah, these girls are coming over. Let, let's pretend we're Irish. And he would just like love going into this fantasy land. Uh, and that kind of cracks me up because like that's something you would do, Katie. So I think you and Tom actually would get on very well. <laughs> actually, OK, I have two stories. I'll let you choose which one. One, do you want to hear about the story about the time me and my friends tricked a bunch of, oh, I think they were naval uh, naval officers into thinking that one of our friends was British for an entire evening? Or the time, well, or just the instance of when I actually always think that Tom Hardy would um, go on a date with me and I could could prove that Uh, he would. uh, Well, I mean, I I think both stories eventually have to come out at some point, but let's go with the uh, convincing people that your friend was British. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay, so girls trip circa a few years ago. I never know dates. (laughs) Um, We go out for uh, to Orlando. One of our girlfriends in the group joined, uh, started working for Disney. So we go to Orlando, Florida. There's four of us and we go out drinking for the night. 
And on the way to the bar, we actually, uh, and this is uh, for Josh's reference, uh, Jenna, Shannon, Heather, and I. Uh, a g- great group of friends, I know. So we yeah. go out for the evening, and on the way there, we're, I don't know, Jenna is, she's just very fun, outgoing person. She just started doing like a random, a couple of different accents. And so I dared her to speak in a British accent the entire evening. Because she has a very good British accent. I vaguely, mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but I sent you a video or 100% audio. 100% and I remember it. Yes. I remember it well. It was amazing. You sent me her doing the accent in front of them being like, haha, she's joking around. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you remember that. So yeah, I actually sent Josh a um, video of her doing this accent because I wanted him to see like, do you think she's British? Like, doesn't she have a good accent? Right. Anywho, uh, we go to the bar and she's like, all right, I'll take the dare. I'm going to just pretend I'm British the entire evening. So we're at the bar. We run into these group of guys. They end up being, um, I think they were in the Navy or military of some sort. And they were just mm-hmm. out for the night. And Jenna, of course, was British the entire time. And they had tons of questions for her. They kept saying like, oh, say, you know, you know, British things like cheerio and cup of tea and bottle, bottle, yes. like, oh, yeah, legit yeah. just words. Uh, yeah. So end of the night is coming around. The bar is closing and we leave. And one of the girls in the group kind of notices a group of guys that have followed us from the bar and were following us to the taxi service and they were kind of being shady so we actually just jumped in the car with the navy group now there was another female or there was two females in that group so it wasn't just guys um it was other females with them i felt pretty safe with them and safer than the the shady people that were following us so we go back to their hotel room and (laughs) you know as one does from the bar meeting strangers i don't advise people do that but um we were without many options so we get to the place and jenna's still acting like she has a british accent and they are just asking her to say many things or asking her about great old london and britain hee-ho cheerio what are crumpets yeah yes exactly and they kept making her asking her to say like hey i love the super bowl can you say like i love the super bowl football's cool and she'd like have a hard time saying that in a quote-unquote american accent even though (laughs) again she's very she's a group in michigan so (laughs) at the by the end we've been drinking one of my friends has a bad case of catholic guilt so she starts going off and like says uh you guys i can't lie anymore i can't do this i can't lie anymore which then in turn makes the military people very concerned because all they hear is you guys are lying to us what are you lying to us about um and immediately Uh the tension rises in the room we uh Uh basically just say yep uh i think this girl's having some problems but we're not lying about anything (laughs) um we need to go and get out of here Oh my god. Yes. As you know, the boys were very nice and kind. One of us actually walked us down to wait for the taxi with us. We then in turn told them the lie was Jenna's not British. We've been lying to you the entire time. Bye. And we went off our our merry way. And (laughs) the memory lives on. That's hilarious. (laughs) And it's very you. I mean, you love playing these sorts of pranks all the time. I mean, you've pranked me numerous times and and many of your (laughs) friends and partner and, you know. It's it's a common theme that you like to just play with people and have these funny pranks and all the time the all over people's lives and it's all harmless fun. Uh, so I'm not surprised that you and your friends got up to this trickery. <laughs> 
Uh, there are many more stories to come, but that's just one of the many times I'd like to pray. Well, I like Tom to Hardy incept. Well. Yes, I mean, in the meantime, Hardy, I, you know, Tom Hardy is just a bad boy. And I thought for a while when I was single, I knew, like, Tom Hardy, I, if I met him at a party, I bet I could convince him to go on a date with me. And I would play it so cool. I mean, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> he would have David's me. listening to this and is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a happily married woman, but, you know, when I was single, yes, of course I can date Tom Hardy. Right. I didn't even live in L.A. at the time. I'm in California now, and I would have had to have lived in California in this whole scenario, but I was for sure, I mean, a, a Midwestern girl from Michigan at the time was going to go on a yeah. date with Tom Hardy, and I could, I, I, he would think I was so cool. I know it. I just know it. <laughs> so they didn't film this movie in Michigan. Is that what you're telling me? Is this why this happen no it did not it didn't happen and Ooh. i don't know if it ever will but i don't even know where this movie was filmed <laughs> no i don't either but uh. it's uh you know lots of cityscapes for a lot of it and uh yeah you know it's it's just it's very mind-bending i think that's one of the things you always think about inception like it's a lot to take in and you're constantly your mind is running and it felt like part of that intrigue and that constant like adding new layers and 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 new things to understand, I feel like keeps you gripped because I was, you know, like I said, it took them like 50 minutes to set the whole premise up and how all this all works. And yet it felt like 15 minutes. Like I was like, wait, I've been watching this for like an hour. Like it doesn't feel like it at all. Like it's a two and a half hour movie. And I'm like, this is going by like breakneck pace. It was crazy. Yeah, it flies by. I mean, the when they are setting it all up, I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. how they bring in Ellen Page's character. So she's actually right. a college student and they're trying to find somebody to m- become an architect of these dreams. And she's an architect student and she's uh, a dream builder, let's say. So she actually takes these... Um, She's able to manipulate buildings and city ways and walkways in dreams to kind of make somebody feel like they're still dreaming. Because we all know dreams are weird. They're messed up. Like you can fly or you can like all of a sudden you can be in a car. Then the next second you're swimming under the water. Like it's in your head to decide what's going on in your dream. So I think it's interesting when she comes in and I forget, doesn't she kind of, kind of tell Leonardo or isn't it kind of the Mm -hmm. premise, like the person who you're going into their dream, it's a, it, that dictates what kind of level or like a kind of dream they'll have things that will pop up. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're building on the subconscious of the person you you know, the, the person's subconscious is in the dream. And that's one of the interesting parts of it is that, you know, the people in the dream are the person's subconscious and they kind of end up acting like white blood cells and will like start to notice that something's wrong and like try and attack the people who have infiltrated their person's mind. So that's where the tension comes when they kind of do this heist is that like all the people in the dream are kind of like start to figure out that something's up and they're kind of like going after them with guns and there's explosions and, you know, all this stuff. Um, but you know, she, as the architect, is building the world that it inhabits and she kind of makes it maze-like and that's to try kind of trick the person's subconscious so that the subconscious pe- uh, projections that you see in the dream aren't going to come after you as quickly. Oh, okay, that's right. I remember. Yeah, I get that now. That's why, because yeah. what happens is your body and your mind will kind of notice something's awry when these people are in there. So that's what she's doing to make each dream the most realistic and the most 
comparable to the person in their dream because with Killian yep. Murphy they have to like do a ton of research about him there it's like yep. um basically he's the son of this you know multi-billionaires you know uh, company so he's yes right. and the, he's they're trying to you know convince Killian Murphy in a dream like in a dream state in a very very deep dream state to change his subconscious to yeah. you know basically change his relationship and view of his father yeah. Right. I mean, that's the crazy. It's like deep. it's very deep. So they have to do a ton of research. And even in the dreamlike states, they're using people from his real life to kind of come in and try to like trick him into thinking uh, the first dream is he's actually thinking this is still real life. Right. So real people from his life are coming yeah. in and saying like, you know, your father, this uh, it's a close family friend trying to convince him of things. And then the next step, you know, it's like it goes then deeper into dreams. And that's where Leonardo pops up where he tries to change things up. But it's it's crazy the minutia of how many things in the dreams and the layers they have to go into to make these to make it real for that person. So I don't know. It's just it, that's where I kind of get lost a little bit and did you ever feel like lost when they were going through the dream states of like where are they what what layer are they in you know i probably did the first time i ever watched it mm -hmm. but i'm definitely one of those people that loves kind of like a little puzzle for my mind no and this is, movie is definitely that kind of person yes uh kind of person kind of kind of uh setup and so for me it was like oh okay i love this and it keeps me really engaged and so the second time it really starts to stick you're like okay because this is probably only the second time i've seen it um but i was like yeah no this all makes sense you know there's a limbo state if you go super super deep into your dreams you're going to be stuck in limbo for a long time you know they have all these rules about how if you go deeper and deeper into like dream upon dream upon dream the time lag is like much bigger. So like in the deepest level is like 80 years, despite five minutes occurring in the real world. Um, but you know, it's, it's amazing that they pulled something like this off and yet it somehow doesn't feel too confusing. There, there mm -hmm. were definitely confusing moments, but you know, somehow it all works. I think Nolan's just a massive master and you know, you look at some of his other works um, and he just keeps putting out like hit after hit, or at least from my perspective, like I loved Interstellar as a movie. I thought it was excellent, so interesting. And the use of music um, that always comes through in his movies. I don't know how you felt about the music in this movie, but I thought it was amazing. There was all these, always this like high energy, like action. <laughs> and it was just, oh, it gets your heart racing. Uh, and like big brass booming at the action scenes and stuff. Somehow he weaves it all together so well. Like he is such such a good director. He's I, honestly, I think up there is one of the best. Um, I don't know if you've seen too many of his other movies at all, have you? I mean, I know of The Dark Knight. Um, oh, of course. Yes, yes, that's like the most popular one. Uh, I read, didn't he do Insomnia? I, I want to say that's with Robin that Williams. A good question. Because that's what I read. He came off of, of Insomnia, the movie. And then. Maybe. I'm having a look now. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, 100% mm -hmm. him. Yeah. So yeah, I've not seen that one. Oh, okay. Um, who is in this one? Yeah, Robin Williams, Al Pacino, Hilary Swank. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. He just, that's actually when he came off of um, this movie, Insomnia. He actually right. wanted to make Inception. And again, that's why it was supposed to be kind of a, oh. a horror movie because he was going down that path. Um, yes. Yeah. And that actually has really good reviews on that one. Insomnia is a good movie if you haven't watched it. Um, it's... Check you know, it's not a big booming action movie, but again, he he does really big movies. He he does 
movies and makes them feel intimate, but they're so yes. grand. So obviously yes. The Dark Knight, that's a big booming action movie. It's grand. It's filmed in IMAX. But Insomnia right. in this movie, gosh, even this movie, it's it's a big movie, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. And it's not confusing, like you said. It, it is very layered right. and very deep, but it doesn't get to that, like, wait, where am I? What's going on? Where I'm lost. I've ne- I never felt that even watching it the first time. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, he he was also the director in um, a movie called The Prestige. Did you ever see that one? Yes, that's about magicians, correct? Yes, and I loved that movie. It's got um, oh god, Christian Bale and uh, Hugh Jackman. Are the two yes, stars. and it's such another one that just weaves in and out, and there's twists and turns, and it's just so well done. The, the cinema as well, just like the visuals, the music, the sound. Oh, yes, he, David he really Bowie's in so that movie. Good. Yes, yeah, and our, Tesla. Yes, that was intense. And Scar Scar Johansson, our favorite. Yeah, She's in that one we too. Love Scar Scar. Scar Scar. <laughs> it's tough. That movie came out right as another magician movie came out. So that one, it yes. was a little tough that year because, um, you know, those movies kind of competed a little bit. But I think this one kind of came out on top between those two. Kind of. I do I feel think that so way. I think so too. My older brother yeah. liked the other one. That you, I forget mm. the exact name of it. But honestly, the, the Prestige is an amazing, amazing film. Yeah. Um, Memento. <gasps> That's right. Screenplay from Memento, which Ugh. is another mind-bending one. Yes, if you Love like Inception movie. and have not watched Memento, watch Memento. That was, so, uh, that's probably one of my all-time top ten favorite movies. Yes, such a good movie. Uh, that one, it's oh gosh, it's again, it's layers, it's in depth, it's backward timelines. Mm-hmm. You don't, right. you're not confused at any point. Uh, and it's um, pretty much like almost one room. There's not very much traveling around right. in that one. It's a, you know a smaller a smaller film, but wow, that one that's one of my favorites, absolutely. Yeah, that that one's really messed up and, and messes with your head, but such an amazing movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, just star-studded cast. I mean, have you been a fan of Leo for a long time? Like, what do you think of Leo? Okay, so. Leonardo is my former husband. I did not know if you know that. No? Okay, no, I so didn't. I married him in a, probably 1997 or 8. <laughs> in your my, heart. Um, not, my heart will go on. in Vegas. No, we did not get married uh, for real. He would probably um, be arrested for child something, but... <laughs> Um, right. Me and my friend Sarah, we had a um, a wedding with him with the magazine he was on the cover of of Time, I believe, oh. for the Titanic movie. So, um, my favorite movie of all time ever is Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and Leonardo right. DiCaprio. Oh, and Baz Luhrmann, what a great director! Uh, so good, the cinematography in that. Mwah chef kiss Mm -hmm. so that uh kind of started my love for him and then the other you know i went backwards in his career i literally taped every episode of growing pains he was in on tape do you know how hard that is on vhs that's hard like that was difficult trying to line that up to make sure i spliced it all right and i got the uh (laughs) the just like where i left off on one episode the next one picked up of just of leonardo uh so yeah yes i was a huge leonardo fan what's eating gilbert grape Amazing. Have you watched that movie? I bet you have not. No, it's amazing. Ugh. I've not. Ugh. Ah, so good. Can we just have a Leonardo <laughs> episode? I'm like feeling of a clutch. We totally should. <laughs> we should. I have thought he, I literally get mad he didn't win an Oscar for some movies he's been in. Blood Diamond, yeah. uh, Django Unchained. Um, can we just go down the list? Um, this actually, uh, just talking about different movies he's in. 
Inception, yeah. the movie we're talking about, I actually kind of kept getting confused the storyline about his wife with Shutter right. Island. Right. So he, that came out in the same year or something. I think people were saying like drawing parallels to this. Yes. So when I was watching this movie, I kept thinking like, okay, yeah, I remember there's something to do with his wife in this movie. I think like, <laughs> and the spoiler alert for Shutter Island, close your, you know, put mute if you haven't seen it. Right. Uh, his in Shutter Island, his wife kills his children in a fire. So in this mm. movie Inception, I kept thinking, yeah, didn't his wife like kill his kids or something? And not the case. <laughs> in this movie, no. he, she killed herself because she wanted to, she kept thinking she was stuck in the dreamlike state. She was yes. absolutely positive they were in real life living in this dreamlike state. And the only way to get out of that is to kill yourself uh, because they lived in one for years and they created a whole life together there. Um, yeah. So again, it was, his wife is crazy in both movies. I just kept feeling that I've kept drawing that parallel. I, I know they're different movies, right. um, but I just kept getting those confused a little bit. And I think uh, Shutter Island's Martin Scorsese. Is that right? Oh, or no? I don't know. Probably. Um, I haven't seen Shutter Island, so I'm not sure. But it's, uh, you know, pretty highly rated one. So it's it's hard because, like you say, there's all, all sort of family strife going on in both movies. It's yeah. like, oh, similar. Yeah, I know. Um, it's Martin Scorsese. That was uh, 2010. Yeah. So same year. It was the same year they came out. Interesting. And yeah, that they one worked together before and other things too. Like uh, they're thick as thieves. Martin Scorsese and Leo. That one. Yeah, he's in the Depart, and it was like I liked that movie up until the end, and they like surprise you with this like thing out of nowhere. Something happens for the Departed. Really twist. The, yes. For okay. The Departed, and it's crazy because there. I remember hearing writers one hundred and one is do not like upset your audience with something completely random that comes out of nowhere right at the end. Like that's like a really common, like don't do this. And like yes. one of the greatest quote unquote directors ever does this in Departed. And I'm like, you just ruined the movie. Like what? <laughs> I did not see this coming at all. Like you just sideswiped the whole audience and the whole movie. Oh, well, so weird. people feel like that about this movie because at the end of this movie, uh. There's a whole big question of was this whole thing a dream? Because that is probably one of, that's a big pet peeve of mine and many people to where you you watch a movie, you're really invested, you get into it, you think there's an end and then they say, "Hmm? wait a second, this could have all been a dream. This might not have been real. And then you're kind of like, well, what the fuck? What? (laughs) Come on. Well, if they had come down definitively on that side, I would have been annoyed. But they just leave it open to interpretation because the whole point is, is that, you know, his wife killed herself because she was like, we're in a dream. We need to wake up. And he's like, no, this is real life. If you kill yourself, you're not going to wake up. You're just going to be dead. And so she killed herself. And he was like, oh, no, I thought awful. I put that idea in her head to get us out of the dream that we were stuck in for so many years. And it carried on into the real world. But then right at the end, when he goes back to his kids, he finally is reunited with his kids and he spins his little uh, top spinner that he has to, to remind him when he's in a dream or not in a dream. And then he gets distracted by his kids, runs over to them and the, the spinner is not falling. It's still spinning. It's wobbling, but it's still like the question that that poses without actually saying it is, has he still been in a dream world this whole time? And he wasn't the one that ever left. And for me, if that was true, I think it would just be such a waste. It's like that classic, it was all a dream. And it's like, okay, so we went through all of this, but none of it matters because it was all fake. Whereas 
you know, if if his version of reality was real and his wife died, that makes it more meaningful. I feel like the story. So Definitely. I'm just like, I hope that isn't the case. But it's the whole point of that device, at least for me, feels like just to at least question it and be like, oh, it could have been. And I guess there is some intrigue in that. So I'll, I'll give him some some points for that. I don't know. How, how did that sit with you? Well, when I first watched it, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought, oh, it right. it was real. I didn't go away from that kind. You know, it was a little bit of a question, but I'm like, nah, I'm yeah. just going to say it's real. But then the controversy started, made me rethink it. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me want to watch it again. And I think that's really smart right. on Nolan's part. Because one, this movie has so many different layers and things and parts to it you want to watch it and it's done so beautifully but again that ending so then you rewatch it scene like can i is there any tell in the movie that is showing Mm -hmm. it's real are there things in it can i find something a clue somewhere to where it would have you know did you feel like there were clues well yes and no so there are actually clues Mm -hmm. with his wedding ring so in real in reality he's not wearing a wedding ring and again, right. this would, is it real reality? Is it dream reality? Eh. So <laughs> let's just go off of reality and dream. Uh, in right. reality, he's not wearing a ring, but in dream states, he's wearing a ring. And he's Ooh. usually kind of playing with it at that time too. Some people wa- right. wonder if that's even his totem. Um, you know, you, you don't know. Right. It's That's even a question mark a little bit. But it's not talked about enough. It's There's nothing really drawn to it enough to where it, that would really just be your own interpretation coming to that. So um, right. in the end, when they're doing the spinning top, it does show at the end he's not wearing his wedding ring. So again, it's supposed right. to be in reality. Uh, and then yeah. he, the top is kind of wobbling. So it looks like it's right. going to fall. It's not like a steady yeah. 100%. I mean, that's just what I'm going to tell myself because if it's a damn dream, I'm going to be mad. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to tell myself. It's just, yeah, it was, it's wobbling. It looks like it's going to fall. In the same way. Yeah. But they have a few quotes as well. I remember Michael Caine being like, he literally says to Cobb, like, come back to reality, you know, but he's talking about like how impossible, you know, the, the job is or something. But it's like a hint. It's like, hey, come back to reality. You're dreaming. And, you know, Saito, the Japanese billionaire guy who's hired him is often saying things like you know you're going to be alone and full of regret you know things like this and so that that feels like a hint too it's like you know you're going to be alone full of regret if you don't wake up um so it it definitely he you know nolan seems to have dropped hints throughout the movie that this could be the case but i think it's meant to be ambiguous and i am with you 100 percent. i want to believe that this was not a dream and this was all for something yeah same here i that's what i'm gonna go with Love it. What about Ellen Page? Are you have you been a fan of Ellen and her work? She's pretty. She's alright in this movie. She, I mean, she yeah. serves a purpose. I feel. Yeah, she serves a purpose or whatever. No, I'm kidding. Um, she's fine. She does not fall in the category of movies I tend to watch. So again, okay. it's a little bit more of that indie, um, artsy films. Uh, what was yeah. the movie she was in where she was pregnant? Juno. Uh, Juno. Okay. With Michael Sarah. Wa- yep. Yeah. Okay. Michael Sarah, my favorite. Arrested Development. Best show of television yep. of all time. Fight me on it. Come at me. I don't care. I will <laughs> Just fight you. Maybe not the latest seasons. Yeah. Okay. The latest seasons, um, the seasons I was in. Thank you. Um, not the best, but we're working on it. We're getting there. We we are talking Wait, about it. Wait, you were movie. in them? Were you an extra or something? 
Um, I may have snuck on the set of the filming of Arrested oh, Development. Did you just see them filming and sneak in? Is that how it worked? Uh, I just moved to California and Arrested Development is my favorite TV show. So I actually read just randomly. Because right. if anything is written about Arrested Development, my phone tells me. Uh, I saw they were actually filming in Long Beach and that is not too far from where I live. So I um, drove up there thinking, oh, I can just watch them film it. I'll probably just stand behind a barricade. No big deal. No. So I pull up, park my car. And I, okay, I did go in with my sneaky little sneak, uh, pranky prank pants on. Because I actually did my hair, my makeup, and I wore neutral clothes and, and all of that. So I kind of like... Oh. If I could sneak in the set, in on the set, I would. And I am all about sneaking into places, just FYI. So nice. <laughs> uh, I just walked up and they heard, they had no barricades, no security, which is kind of scary for the actors. Um, let's protect those actors out there, people. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they just, I just stood there and I, I was kind of picked up a flag, which was a prop. Again, never been on a TV show set. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just started wow. talking to these other people thinking they're watching as well. I don't know. And she said, oh, are you walking with me in this scene? And I said, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> That's so good. That's so you. That's yes. So, you. <laughs> so I continued to tell an elaborate tale of how my friend Matt hired me separately from casting uh, to be on the set because they needed a, an extra hand. And, you know, he'd pay me in a dinner one day. And that's why I drove here. And that's why I have my purse. And that's why I'm allowed to have my phone. And all the things actually People, aren't allowed to have. When you hear all these stories from liars, you got to remember, the more details they give you, the more likely it is it's a lie, okay? Yes. Oh, Just I know. You have, have to be vague. This. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she's asking me questions. I think she was kind of a okay. little, like, on, on to me a little bit. Because she goes, right. wait, you drove your car here? How? Why weren't you on the bus with us? So I had to like keep answering questions on oh, the spot. Okay. Wow, you got deep into this. Lady. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I almost like had to pull up my friend Matt's like info. Like, yes, he works for the television and news crew or news people at Netflix because I have a friend in LA, Matt, who really does work with Netflix oh. and all of that. So <laughs> wow, I was ready to have him on speed dial, and hopefully he'd be on my side when I called him. <laughs> if needed but yeah so um you can actually see me in scenes i will on our instagram we grew up on vhs podcasts i will post a photo of me in the episode of rest of development in the background oh my god that's so good your (laughs) sneaky sneaks actually got you on the show yes and that's my favorite television show so it was actually like a very big moment for me (laughs) but um Yeah, that was, a, that was a good day. I was like, oh my gosh, I've only been in California for two weeks and I've already been in a TV show. I've already seen celebrities because I saw Jessica Walter, Jeffrey Tamborn. Um, oh gosh, the main guy, Michael. Um, he's super famous. Why am I blanking on his name? Michael Sarah. <laughs> Not Michael Sarah. Uh, it's oh, you're Jason, talking about... Uh, Jason Bateman. Yes. So yeah. all of those guys, they're all there. And I got very... Oh, um, I actually talked to David Cross. I spoke wow. to him. I spoke to him. We, I commiserated on our Birkenstocks. He was wearing his um, Birkenstocks for his character, Job. I was wearing mine as well. And I just said, ugh, I wish I was as cool as you. I forgot to put my socks on with my Birkenstocks. And he's like, mm, we can't all be that cool. And then we had a good old laugh together. Oh, look at that. You're having a moment with David Cross as well. Again, that's why I would hook and, line, hook and sinker Tom Hardy at a party. I know. I'd get that date. Well, I think it sounds like your kindred spirits. David needs to be worried, I think, at this point. He really should be. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) if, like, Tom Hardy was at a party, I'd be like, David, I just have to do this to see if I can do it, okay? It means nothing to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> hold my ring. Everyone's I'll be got back. their celebrity list of people they can hook up with, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since I saw him in Peaky Blinders, who boy. So Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy actually work together in Peaky Blinders. And actually, Killian wow. Murphy is like one of my favorite all-time actors too, Crush um, as He's well. He's so good. Yeah, 28 Days Later, <sighs> Peaky so Blinders, some yes. of the Batman movies with Nolan as well. Oh, yeah. So good. He was in a movie where he played, actually that would be a really good movie for us to watch at some point. Um, maybe yeah. we'll do like another drag um you know, transgendered, pansexual um, episode uh, where he's in it and he plays a beautiful woman. So, wow, he's a beautiful man. So I can imagine he could play that (laughs) off too. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's gorgeous. I know. Um, But yeah, I actually actually had a bit of a, you know, crush back in the day on Ellen Page. So I was a big fan. Really? Of her in, in, um, uh, do you know, but also hard... This was before, this was one of her first movies. She was in this movie called Hard Candy. You ever seen that? Oh, that sounds so familiar. I don't think I've seen it. So I'm thinking of it Basically, the, the whole premise of the movie is that there's this pedophile, right? Heavy stuff, who is targeting her. But he, she goes back to his place. He offers her a drink, whatever. He gets knocked out and unconscious. He wakes up. She's tied him down. And she was a friend of someone that he had, like, you know, captured and murdered. And she had actually targeted him. And she does all these, like, gruesome surgeries on him and stuff and ends up, like, torturing him for the whole movie. And she's, like, 15. And she, like, looks it. I don't know if she was actually 15 at the time. I think she might have been. I'll have to look that up. But it was, like, whoa. And it's a really good movie, actually. It's pretty, you know, gruesome and, like, deep and stuff. But it's... Uh, you know, it's it's getting one over on a pedophile, so it's kind of cathartic at the same time. It's it's a crazy but awesome movie. Yes, I actually have seen that. Patrick Wilson's in that one, yes. and yeah, he's the pedophile. Um, yeah, no, that one's very good. I really like that one. And it's yeah, when you said the title, I didn't, I couldn't put it together. But when you right when you right. started describing it, yeah, that one's that one's messed up. But that's a good one to watch for revenge yes. on the on the pedo. And I forget the movie that she's in where she's doing the roller derby thing. I forget what it's called now. I have to look it up. But she's in this movie where she's like finding roller derby. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. It's called Whip It. Yes, Whip Yes. It. Yeah, the movie. I that one. Yeah, 2009. And I actually love roller derby. I've, I've never played. I'm always afraid of um, like breaking a hand or right. a wrist. But I think it's a right. really cool. I, have, I actually didn't even see the movie, though. Yeah, it's no, like it's Drew actually Barrymore. a really good one. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a chill, like, indie, like, you know, drama kind of thing. Um, but it's it's super sweet and uh, amusing. And she's great in it. Yeah, I think we should almost, like, have our weeks be you make me watch and make me watch an indie movie or artsy thing. And I should just make you watch the cheesiest thing possible. But we'll, we'll think about it in the future. Maybe it'll just be, like, yeah. one week. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'd be totally down. I, I, I've figured out who um, Saito is now. It's Ken Watanabe. Oh. And he's been he's in a, a few other things. What else has he been in? Um, you know, I haven't got the list off right now. But I found the, the tricky thing about his character is I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Did you have the same problem? Yes. And actually when... His accent's really thick. His accent's really thick in this movie. And I've seen him yeah. in other things and I feel like he did not have as strong of an accent. So I don't know if right. they purposefully did that. Um, but he 
when he's older in he right. actually is actually stuck in one of his dreams and again um when we say that it's the time is different so in the real world it's only been an hour but in dream world it's been 40 years so this isn't dangerous towards him but in the movie yeah. he is um you know, a very old man who's lived a whole full life and he's speaking and he's like has all this old age makeup on. He's in his probably early hundreds and he, you can, I can't, under, I can barely understand what he's saying. Uh, and he does, right. there's a key line he says in there that they actually remark and talk about a lot when I was looking this up. But it's again, they, he's repeating the line he said in another part of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I have a very hard time understanding him as well. Yeah, but, no, I thought that too. I don't know but why. Yeah, he's been sometimes... in The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, one of the Godzilla movies, Letters from Iwo Jima. Um, so yeah, Unbroken. Oh no, oh, okay. The Unbroken. Okay, not oh. not not the one I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, been in a few things. Um, but yeah, other than the fact that his accent was thick and it was tricky, I thought he was great too. Um, you know, everyone kind of like pulled together on this one. It was like hard to find a weak point. Yeah, I mean, even Michael Caine, every side character as well is a pretty hard hitter. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they have, I mean, when he's in anything, it's kind of like, oh, this just got elevated to a next level. Michael Caine's in it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, playing playing the side character, but... (laughs) <laughs> I I, the, I really didn't find any faults in this movie. Other, I mean, yeah. you have the question mark at the end, which some yeah. people get mad about. I felt they did it really well. I, again, I don't want to be spoon-fed the answer to a movie. I do want to mm-hmm. have some intrigue. I do want to have a little twist and turn in there. That's why we watched these. Um, but yeah. I felt there was, I can't find fault in this one. It's just so, so well done. I get excited every time Nolan puts out a movie. Like if Christopher, if I know a Christopher Nolan movie is coming out, I'm like, I want to watch that movie. Yeah. Like it, I know it's going to be so good. Um, and yeah, Interstellar, I love sci-fi. So Interstellar was great for me. Um, but this is honestly one of his best works and, and the Dark Knight and, and the bad movies in general were incredible. Um, but Inception's up there, I think, is one of the best movies he's made. I yeah, think. I would have to um, agree. And that's... Yeah, and that's tough to say because he's made a, a bunch of amazing movies. Yeah, I, I totally agree with it, with that. And it's just, he, I think I've said earlier, it's just he can make big movies huge and then other movies that he's not trying to, they're not grandiose, he makes them more intimate. But there's still huge yeah. things happening in it. So like whole cities turning upside down and inverted and a city just turned into mirrors. Um, for some reason, it feels still like an intimate because of the dialogue that's put in there between the characters. Yeah. It's more of a, it's down on our level. It's them talking about their feelings. So I, he does it really well. I just think that this oh, is yeah. a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I thought this movie was an absolute masterpiece. So good. Well, what masterpiece are we watching next week? I think it's my turn to pick. I think so. Okay. What do you think? Well, I was thinking, um, thinking of masterpieces. It won many, many Oscars. Uh, Parasite. Yes, I've been dying to watch that movie. Absolutely, we should do that. Yes. Fully okay. On board. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I think we should watch another movie by the same director um, called Snowpiercer. If you're down to watch both of them, because they really are the same message, but just done very differently. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm totally down for a double feature. Ooh, okay. All right, so Snowcruiser and Parasite next week. So um, I guess we'll see you all next time. Indeed. Bye. I'm an actor, a thespian, if you will.